0: Chapter 17 How to Use Your Subconscious Mind for Forgiveness Life plays no favorites. God is life, and this life principle is flowing through you this moment. God loves to express Himself as harmony, peace, beauty, joy, and abundance through you. This is called the will of God, or the tendency of life. If you set up resistance in your mind to the flow of life through you, this emotional congestion will get snarled up in your subconscious mind and cause all kinds of negative conditions. God has nothing to do with unhappy or chaotic conditions in the world. Man's negative and destructive thinking brings about all these conditions. Therefore, it is silly to blame God for your trouble or sickness. Many persons habitually set up mental resistance to the flow of life by accusing and reproaching God for the sin, sickness and suffering of mankind. Others cast the blame on God for their pains, aches and loss of loved ones, personal tragedies and accidents. They are angry at God and they believe He is responsible for their misery. As long as people entertain such negative concepts about God, they will experience the automatic negative reactions from their subconscious minds. Actually, such people do not know that they are punishing themselves. They must see the truth, find release, and give up all condemnation, resentment, and anger against anyone or any power outside themselves. Otherwise, they cannot go forward into a healthy, happy, or creative activity. The minute these people entertain a God of love in their minds and hearts, and when they believe that God is their loving Father who watches over them, cares for them, guides them, sustains and strengthens them, this concept and belief about God or the life principle will be accepted by their subconscious mind and they will find themselves blessed in countless ways. Life always forgives you. Life forgives you when you cut your finger. The subconscious intelligence within you sets about immediately to repair it. New cells build bridges over the cut. Should you take some tainted food by error, life forgives you and causes you to regurgitate it in order to preserve you. If you burn your hand, the life principle reduces the edema and congestion, and gives you new skin, tissue, and cells. Life holds no grudges against you, and it is always forgiving you. Life brings you back to health, vitality, harmony and peace. If you cooperate by thinking in harmony with nature, negative, hurtful memories, bitterness and ill will clutter up and impede the free flow of the life principle in you. How He Banished That Feeling of Guilt I knew a man who worked every night until about 1 o'clock in the morning. He paid no attention to his two boys or his wife. He was always too busy working hard. He thought people should pat him on the back because he was working arduously and persistently past midnight every night. He had a blood pressure of over 200 and was full of guilt. Unconsciously, he proceeded to punish himself by hard work and he completely ignored his children. A normal man does not do that. He is interested in his boys and in their development. He does not shut his wife out of his world. I explained to him why he was working so arduously. There is something eating you inside, otherwise you would not act this way. You are punishing yourself and you have to learn to forgive yourself. He did have a deep sense of guilt. It was toward a brother. I explained to him that God was not punishing him, but that he was punishing himself. For example, if you misuse the laws of life, you will suffer accordingly. If you put your hand on a naked charged wire, you will get burned. The forces of nature are not evil. It is your use of them that determines whether they have a good or evil effect. Electricity is not evil. It depends on how you use it, whether to burn down a structure or light up a home. The only sin is ignorance of the law, and the only punishment is the automatic reaction of man's misuse of the law. If you misuse the principle of chemistry, you may blow up the office or the factory. If you strike your hand on a board, you may cause your hand to bleed. The board is not for that purpose. Its purpose may be to lean upon or to support your feet. This man realized that God does not condemn or punish anyone, and that all his suffering was due to the reaction of his subconscious mind to his own negative and destructive thinking. He had cheated his brother at one time, and the brother had now passed on. Still, he was full of remorse and guilt. I asked him, would you cheat your brother now? He said, no. Did you feel you were justified at the time? His reply was, yes, but you would not do it now? He added, no, I am helping others to know how to live. I added the following comment, you have a greater reason and understanding now. Forgiveness is to forgive yourself. Forgiveness is getting your thoughts in line with the divine law of harmony. Self-condemnation is called hell, bondage and restriction. Forgiveness is called heaven, harmony and peace the burden of guilt and self-condemnation was lifted from his mind and he had a complete healing the doctor tested his blood pressure and it had become normal the explanation was the cure a murderer learned to forgive himself a man who murdered his brother in europe visited me many years ago he was suffering from great mental anguish and torture believing that god must punish him he explained that his brother had been having an affair with his wife and that he had shot him on the spur of the moment. This had happened about 15 years previous to his interview with me. In the meantime, this man had married an American girl and had been blessed with three lovely children. He was in a position where he helped many people and he was a transformed man. My explanation to him was that physically and psychologically he was not the same man who shot his brother, since scientists inform us that every cell of our bodies change every eleven months. Moreover, mentally and spiritually, he was a new man. He was now full of love and goodwill for humanity. The old man, who committed the crime fifteen years before, was mentally and spiritually dead. Actually, he was condemning an innocent man. This explanation had a profound effect upon him, and he said it was as if a great weight had been lifted from his mind. He realized the significance of the following truth in the Bible, Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins may be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Isaiah one eighteen. Criticism cannot hurt you without your consent. A school teacher told me that one of her associates criticized a speech she had given saying to her that she spoke too fast. She swallowed some of her words. She couldn't be heard. Her diction was poor and her speech ineffective. This teacher was furious and full of resentment toward her critic. She admitted to me that the criticisms were just. Her first reaction was really childish, and she agreed that the letter was really a blessing and a marvelous corrective. She proceeded immediately to supplement her deficiencies in her speech by enrolling in a course in public speaking at City College. She wrote and thanked the writer of the note for her interest, expressing appreciation for her conclusions and findings, which enabled the teacher to correct the matter at once. How to be compassionate Suppose none of the things mentioned in the letter had been true of the teacher. The latter would have realized that her class material had upset the prejudices, superstitions, or narrow secretarian beliefs of the writer of the note, and that a psychologically ill person was simply pouring forth her resentment because a psychological boil had been heard. To understand this fact is to be compassionate. The next logical step would be to pray for the other person's peace, harmony, and understanding. You cannot be hurt when you know that you are master of your thoughts, reactions, and emotions. Emotions follow thoughts, and you have the power to reject all thoughts which may disturb or upset you. LEFT AT THE ALTAR Some years ago I visited a church to perform a marriage ceremony. The young man did not appear, and at the end of two hours the bride-to-be shed a few tears and then said to me, I prayed for divine guidance. This might be the answer, for He never faileth. That was her reaction, faith in God and all things good. She had no bitterness in her heart because, as she said, it must not have been right action because my prayer was for right action for both of us. Someone else having a similar experience would have gone into a tantrum, have had an emotional fit, required sedation, and perhaps needed hospitalization. Tune in with the infinite intelligence within your subconscious depths, trusting the answer in the same way that you trusted your mother when she held you in her arms. This is how you can acquire poise and mental and emotional health. It is wrong to marry, sex is evil, and I am evil. Some time ago, I talked to a young lady aged 22. She was taught that it was a sin to dance, to play cards, to swim, and to go out with men. She was threatened by her mother who told her she would burn eternally in hellfire if she disobeyed her will and her religious teachings. This girl wore a black dress and black stockings. She wore no rouge, lipstick, or any form of makeup because her mother said that these things were sinful. Her mother told her that all men were evil and that sex was of the devil and simply diabolic debauchery. This girl had to learn how to forgive herself as she was full of guilt. To forgive means to give for. She had to give up all these false beliefs for the truths of life and a new estimate of herself. When she went out with young men in the office where she worked, she had a deep sense of guilt and thought that God would punish her. Several eligible young men proposed to her, but she said to me, it is wrong to marry. Sex is evil and I am evil. This was her conscious or early conditioning speaking. She came to me once weekly for about 10 weeks and I taught her the workings of the conscious and subconscious mind as set forth in this book. This young girl gradually came to see that she had been completely brainwashed, mesmerized, and conditioned by an ignorant, superstitious, bigoted, and frustrated mother. She broke away completely from her family and started to live a wonderful life. At my suggestion, she dressed up and had her hair attended to. She took lessons in dancing from a man, and she also took driving lessons. She learned to swim, play cards, and had a number of dates. She began to love He. She prayed for a divine companion by claiming that infinite spirit would attract to her a man who harmonized with her thoroughly. Eventually, this came to pass. As she left my office one evening, there was a man waiting to see me, and I casually introduced them. They are now married and harmonize with each other perfectly. Forgiveness is necessary for healing. Forgiveness of others is essential to mental peace and radiant health. You must forgive everyone who has ever hurt you if you want perfect health and happiness. Forgive yourself by getting your thoughts in harmony with divine law and order. You cannot really forgive yourself completely until you have forgiven others first. To refuse to forgive yourself is nothing more or less than spiritual pride or ignorance. In the psychosomatic field of medicine today, it is being constantly stressed that resentment, condemnation of others, remorse, and hostility are behind a host of maladies ranging from arthritis to cardiac disease. They point out that these sick people who were hurt, mistreated, deceived, or injured were full of resentment and hatred for those who hurt them. This caused inflamed and festering wounds in their subconscious minds. There is only one remedy. They have to cut out and discard their hurts, and the one and only sure way is by forgiveness. Forgiveness is love in action. The essential ingredient in the art of forgiveness is the willingness to forgive. If you sincerely desire to forgive the other, you are 51% over the hurdle. I feel sure you know that to forgive the other does not necessarily mean that you like him or want to associate with him. You cannot be compelled to like someone, neither can a government legislate goodwill, love, peace, or tolerance. It is quite impossible to like people because someone in Washington issues a verdict to that effect. We can, however, love people without liking them. The Bible says, Love ye one another. This anyone can do who really wants to do it. Love means that you wish for the other health, happiness, peace, joy, and all the blessings of life. There is only one prerequisite, and that is sincerity. You are not being magnanimous when you forgive, you are really being selfish. Because what you wish for the other, you are actually wishing for yourself. The reason is that you are thinking it and you are feeling it. As you think and feel, so are you. Could anything be simpler than that? Technique of Forgiveness The following is a simple method which works wonders in your life as you practice it. Quiet your mind, relax, and let go. Think of God and His love for you, and then affirm. I fully and freely forgive. Mention the name of the offender. I release him mentally and spiritually. I completely forgive everything connected with the matter in question. I am free and he or she is free. It is a marvelous feeling. It is my day of general amnesty. I release anybody and everybody who has ever hurt me and I wish for each and every one health, happiness, peace and all the blessings of life. I do this freely, joyously, and lovingly, and whenever I think of the person or persons who hurt me, I say, I have released you and all the blessings of life are yours. I am free and you are free. It is wonderful. The great secret of true forgiveness is that once you have forgiven the person, it is unnecessary to repeat the prayer. Whenever the person comes to your mind or the particular hurt happens to enter your mind, Wish the delinquent well and say, Peace be to you. Do this as often as the thought enters your mind. You will find that after a few days the thought of the person or experience will return less and less often, until it fades into nothingness. The acid test for forgiveness. There is an acid test for gold. There is also an acid test for forgiveness. If I should tell you something wonderful about someone who has wronged you, cheated you, or defrauded you and you sizzled at hearing the good news about this person, the roots of hatred would still be in your subconscious mind, playing havoc with you. Let us suppose you had a painful abscess on your jaw a year ago and you told me about it. I would casually ask you if you had any pain now. You would automatically say, of course not. I have a memory of it, but no pain. That is the whole story. You may have a memory of the incident, but no string or hurt anymore. This is the acid test, and you must meet it psychologically and spiritually. Otherwise, you are simply deceiving yourself and not practicing the true art of forgiveness. To understand all is to forgive all. When man understands the creative law of his own mind, he ceases to blame other people and conditions for making or marring his life. He knows that his own thoughts and feelings create his destiny. Furthermore, he is aware that externals are not the causes and conditioners of his life and his experiences. To think that others can mar your happiness, that you are a football of a cruel fate, that you must oppose and fight others for a living, All these and other things like them are untenable when you understand that thoughts are things. The Bible says the same thing. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 23, 7.